We're now listening to the Nick's State of Mind podcast, presented by Elite Sports Radio. And now, your hosts, Chip Murphy and Matt Castillo. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Nick's State of Mind podcast. Matt Castillo with Chip Murphy. And when we did the, when we started this show last year, it was it was in the off season, and I remember a lot of our early episodes were, you know, talking about a lot of these draft prospects, and it seemed like we were talking about several draft prospects forever before we got to the lottery. You know, it was it was. I remember we talked about how nice it is that now we can kind of pinpoint the targets that we we have a realistic chance. Of getting there was so so much of that, you know. Oh, we can maybe get this guy if we can drop a couple of spots, or, or you know, move up a couple of spots, and um, you know, or we could be stuck here. There's so much guessing, uh, and this off season kind of has moved along pretty quickly. We're you know with the lottery already uh, done last night. We know where the Knicks are picking, and once again, it's beautiful because we can kind of pinpoint. Some of the guys that should be available where the Knicks are picking, of course, I'm sure you guys have seen it. The New York Knicks are picking right where they were expected to with the ninth pick. Um, once again, no luck. We don't move up. We don't get the Cleveland Cavaliers type luck and uh, get the number one pick with having the same percentage chance back when they did it a few years ago. So, you know, it, it's not anything that I was expecting. Uh, we kind of figured we'd be around eight or nine. We stay where we're at. A lot of fans are not uh, are not happy about the way we we didn't tank. Uh, you know, the players won a few of those games that they shouldn't have, and I'm a little ticked off by that. Chip, I think you can agree. Um, mm-hmm. Would have loved to be in the top five of this draft, but you know, it is what it is. We're at nine. I will say, I do think that there are a few good players that the Knicks could grab. Um, and with that being said, Chip, with the ninth pick. Who are some of the guys that you think the Knicks have a realistic chance of grabbing at nine? Uh, Matt, just one quick thing. At the same, to all the Knicks fans that are pissed that the Knicks didn't tank, Memphis and Dallas, particularly Memphis, brutally tanked yes. at the end of the season and blatantly tanked. And look what happened to them. Yeah. I mean, they both fell two spots. So, I mean, it's just really luck of the draw. You don't know. Memphis and Dallas, I mean, that's just rough. I mean, some people are going to say it's karma because of what they did, so blatant tanking. But, I mean, Dallas to fall to five, and even Memphis to fall to four, you could end up missing out on those on both those guys on Aiton and Bagley right. and Luka Doncic, who right. are the top three prospects. That's rough. But, yeah, I just wanted to point that out, that they fell, because it's not an exact science tanking and just because you tank doesn't mean that things are going to work out for you imagine how upset they are in memphis and dallas right now and i think in new york they're probably feeling pretty good about where they are right now so and as far as who 
they're going to target with number nine. Uh, the first thing I did was I looked at uh, Jonathan Gavoni's, uh, the ESPN guy. I looked at his mock draft, and uh, he has the Knicks taking the uh, same guy he did uh, at number nine, Colin Sexton, the okay. Alabama point guard, who is the same guy he had taking there before the draft lottery. So uh, I – look, I don't – like that pick for the Knicks, I think, look, point guards who can't shoot, I, I don't think that works out too well, typically in today's NBA. But anyway, um, also there was a story that came out today. Trey Young's dad said that he's meeting with the Knicks on Friday, and Trey Young's dad seems like he really wants Trey Young to play in New York and play for the Knicks. Uh, that's an interesting one. He's a guy they're definitely going to target, obviously, because they're meeting with him already. Uh, and then there's the Knicks uh, fan favorite that they everybody's been talking about on Twitter for months and months, and that's Mikel Bridges, right. Villanova. And he's the guy that I think you and me have both been talking about, right. too, for a long time, since before the season even. And I really would be thrilled if the Knicks took him at number nine. Um, Jonathan Gavoni has the Sixers taking him at 10. So, if he, so I mean, maybe he'll be there. At nine, there was thoughts that he might go there before. He might go before uh, nine, but hey, if he falls there, I, I'd be happy with the Knicks taking him. Uh, Tommy Beer sent out a, a tweet today, something that I had never heard, but it's something about Mikel Bridges that was so impressive to me. He said that Bridges is uh, the second qualified NCAA player ever to average at least 2.5 made three-pointers, 1.5 steals, and one block per game in a season. The only other player to accomplish that was Shane Battier during his senior season at Duke. Wow. And he was like the one of the best college seasons ever that was. Right. So, yeah, and I'm a guy who puts like a lot of stock into a player's performance in college. So that's really impressive to me. I, I, I'm all in on Mikel Bridges after this. I, I really like the idea of taking him. Jib, I agree with you. Um, I would like Mikel Bridges to be there. I, I have seen a few mock drafts already where he's off the board before he gets yeah, to us. Yeah, me too, yeah. Uh, and that, that certainly is a possibility. So I'll start off with him because that is the guy right now that I would hands down want. I think that, you know, we, we definitely need a guy on the wing that can score the basketball. The Knicks need another guy that can come in and score basketball. Whoever they draft, I, they got to get somebody. I don't want him to be a liability defensively. We, we say this all the time, but it's the truth. I mean, we have enough of those guys already. But last year we kind of went to a more of a – Defensive-minded guard. We need some guys, some young guys that can help Przingis. I'm I'm trying to find somebody else that could score the basketball and all the attention does not have to be on Przingis when he's on the floor because he has to work harder for his shots when that's the case. When somebody else isn't on the floor that can consistently be a threat scoring, it makes it tougher. You know, I, I think like Joel Embiid, is exploding, you know, quickly becoming one of the best big guys in the game. And I really think a big part of it is that, yes, he's, he's very talented, 
but other guys attract so much attention. J.J. Redick off the screens, you know, Ben Simmons when he's attacking the basket. So many guys around him that can score. I think that frees him up a lot of the times for one-on-one looks, and he's going to torch a lot of defenders one-on-one. Something, so I'm, I'm talking about building around Przingis in that kind of way where guys could score the basketball, and it, I think it would bring out the best in Porzingis. So Bridges is right on my list. But as I, I, I mentioned, so several drafts have him gone already before he gets to the Knicks. Uh, so the two names, you know, Trey Young, if he falls to the Knicks, would I want him? Well, I'll tell you what, he, he's interesting. Uh, a lot of comparisons to Stephen Curry. and we, we, we didn't get Stephen Curry back. You know, when he was drafted, we, we felt just short of him. And, you know, this is a guy that gets compared to him with his deep range, his handles. Uh, don't think he's much of a defender. So I think it's a pretty fair, accurate comparison from what we've seen him do in college. It's just... Yeah, there, there's that risk that he's not going to be as good as Curry. You know, like Buddy Heald yeah. was a phenomenal at Oklahoma, and Buddy Heald is just an average NBA player. He's not, he's not a superstar. You know, and I think that potential is also there with Trey Young. Uh, some people see that he scored like 40 a game and like 12 assists. You know, led the nation. Uh, I'm exaggerating a little bit, uh, not quite his numbers, but you know, double figures, well beyond 20, pushing 30 points a game with double digit assist numbers. Guy had a great year. was very impressive. Uh, the team, Oklahoma, really, if you guys remember, they fell apart at the end of the year. And Trey Young had some struggles because, you know, as he talked about it, that defenses are just preparing for me and, and covering me different than other players around the nation and all that good stuff. So I also see that the, there's potential there for overhype of comparing him to somebody like Stephen Curry and then come in and, and not be – any good um the other name chip that you mentioned with colin sexton from alabama i know you said you don't like the pick i'm right there with you in the terms that not the greatest shooter but what i do like about him is that he has a he's a motor you know up and down the floor i I seen him play several times this year i think he was the guy that kind of really carried that alabama team on his back and helped him get into the ncaa tournament uh and you know, they had an impressive uh, SEC run, and I, I think he's a guy that struggles shooting, yes, yes, would have to improve on that, but I do like his motor. I do like that he has, I'm going to attack the basket, and I think he attacks the basket really well and is pretty explosive. So at the end of the day, is he my first choice? Absolutely not. Uh, but if he came to the Knicks, no, I wouldn't be frustrated and I know a lot of people now are saying again don't draft a point guard we already had one last year I don't and me and you chip talked about this that doesn't matter uh, we got to find the best available player at nine whoever the best available player is that can help fill a gap we got to do we got to take them uh, another name is uh, Miles Bridges from Michigan State He's another one that's kind of right there. I watched Miles, and you know he's he's all right. Yeah, he's a, he's a scorer. Um, but you know, I saw when Michigan State was losing because I remember I picked Michigan State chip to to win it all this year. That's the team I went with, so I followed them 
just to see if I was going to be right. And when they struggled, I felt like he struggled. I felt like he disappeared a little bit and really struggled to hit open shots. Uh, but tons of athletic ability, a guy that can just like soar through the air and finish strongly around the rim with some power. That's another name. Again, not my top choice. If I had to put those four in order, to be honest, obviously uh, Mikel Bridges would be my number one. I'm leaning to Colin Sexton at two. And then Trey Young. And that's close, my two and three. And then Miles Bridges at four. Those kind of four guys. Um, And that's kind of where I'm at early. You know, this is now, again, we know where we're going to draft. We know the guys that... Uh, potentially can be a pick for our next. But as you guys know, th- th- throughout this process, guys go up, guys go down. Uh, I've seen dr- mock drafts where Michael Porter Jr., it, you know, right there at eight for Cleveland, if somehow he falls to the Knicks, my goodness. I, I know he only played like four or five games of college, it seems, because of his injury, but that was the number one high school recruit. It's very possible. Maybe the Knicks can work up a trade and just move up a few more spots. It's very, it's possible. Uh, You know, so there's a lot to go through this process, but early on, Mikel Bridges is my guy. Wouldn't mind Sexton. Um, Wouldn't mind Trey Young. And I wouldn't be angry, but I wouldn't be as excited if we got somebody like Miles Bridges. Um, But that's kind of where I'm at. And we're going to wrap up this first segment. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about Mike Woodson. His name has been floating around. We talked about it before, Chip, where we've said, oh, absolutely, we hire him as an assistant head or assistant coach, I should say. Uh, and, you know, I feel like it, it, we should go into that a little bit more. What what about him makes him a uh, right fit for the Knicks to be on the coaching staff? We, we both felt like he wasn't the guy to be the head coach, but what, what makes him right as an assistant for the Knicks? So we'll get into that in just a moment. Hi everybody, Matt Costello here, writer at EliteSports.com and co-host of the Next State of Mind podcast. Just wanted to take this time to thank the fans and remind listeners to follow our social media pages. You can find us on Twitter at NYKSOM Podcast or on our Facebook page at the Next State of Mind podcast. Come be a part of the discussion. We want to hear from you and talk about the Knicks. Everybody, welcome back to the Next State of Mind podcast and uh, some of the latest news, some of the uh, Nick's still trying to fill out their, their coaching um, the grouping, you know, with uh, Fisdale trying to get the rest of his guys kind of in. And we, we hinted about this before. We mentioned it before about Mike Woodson saying that if he got a call, he's interested. More news is that, you know, he, he's already announced that he will not be returning to the Clippers bench. So he is available. Uh, and you know, there's a little bit of a push for Woodson to be hired as an assistant coach and chip me and you both felt like he, he wasn't quite right for this team to be the head coach even though it was an he got interviewed for the head coaching job uh so you know what makes mike woodson a right fit for an assistant coach if he if he wasn't the head coach if he wasn't that kind of material what can he bring to the team as an assistant coach well i think it makes a lot of sense for him to be fizdale's assistant coach before uh, because they've worked together before. Uh, Fisdale was an assistant for Woodson for four years when Woodson was the head coach in Atlanta. So they have that past relationship. 
And I think with coaches, that's very important because we've seen how uh, tumultuous working together in New York can be when coaches don't have great relationships. So look at Jeff Hornacek and Kurt Rambis and Derek Fisher and Kurt Rambis. Right. <laughs> coaches, coaches need to get along. And if and Woodson were partnered before when Woodson was the head coach in Atlanta for four seasons. So those guys have that relationship. And I think that's very important. And if those guys are going to get along, then Fisdale, especially given how his time in Memphis just ended, it's important for him to be comfortable, especially how difficult it is to succeed in New York and Woodson being that he's familiar with his time in New York should be on that staff. But looking more at Mike Woodson than just David Fisdale, Mike Woodson has been around the block and he's been around a lot of good coaches. He's, first of all, starting back with his college days, he played for four years at Indiana under Bobby Knight, uh-huh. arguably one of the greatest co- – well, not even arguably, one of the greatest college coaches of all time. Some people would – some basketball fans would tell you one of the greatest basketball coaches period of all time. So he learned early on what – a great coach is like. Then uh, he was an assistant under George Carl, uh, an assistant under Larry Brown. He was an assistant uh, on that 0304 Pistons team that beat the Lakers in the NBA Finals. And then more recently, an assistant on those Clippers teams under Doc Rivers. So he's coached under a lot of different kinds of coaches, too. I mean, Larry Brown, George Carl. And uh, Doc Rivers, you can't get much more different than Larry Brown and Doc Rivers, I right. think. So, I mean, the guy knows a lot about the game. He's been around a long time. He started out as an assistant in the, according to basketball reference, his first year as an assistant was 96-97 with uh, Milwaukee. So he's been around a really long time. He can only be an asset with uh, the Knicks. And it's not like he's going to tread light because uh, it's not like he's going to try and step on anybody's toes. I think it's a really good hire. So he has, you know, we, we know Mike Woodson, and, and that's a great point that him and, and Fisdale have worked together before. And again, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense that having the pair, because you're exactly right. You know, we, we've seen that, you know, Phil Jackson brings his guy in, Rambus, and it, I know Derek Fisher was kind of his guy as well, but, you know, Hornacek, is stuck with a guy that it, it, it just wasn't a good fit. And you could tell it wasn't one of those things where those guys were able to uh, work together. There were all kinds of reports that nobody even liked Rambus. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, it was, it's a difficult situation where you can't really pick out your own staff and work with your own guy. So Chip, that's, that's, you know, that's really it. One, to have a guy that you have worked with already for several years um, guys that have a friendship, and, and I think that's great. That's what you want. You want your coaching staff to have, you know, to be on the same page. And clearly, with the relationship that they have, you know, they they probably don't agree on everything, but they know how to handle it. They know what works for them. I, I like the fact that Mike Woodson uh, being an assistant on the, on the next coach or on the next coaching staff. And you know, I've said it before. Really, one, I would. I'm just a big fan of Mike Woodson. I think he was a great coach, um, and I would love to have him back. I think you know the Knicks were better 
when Mike Woodson was on the coaching staff and even our head coach. You know, he had two really strong years with the Knicks. Took over for Dan and Tony and, and did a, an outstanding job. Uh, and I'm all for it. This is something that I, I've shared last week. Um, but Chip, what what about Mike Woodson specifically? Do you think he can add? You know, the the kind of philosophy. What what does he bring to the table for this Nick team? I think he brings experience more than anything else. Uh, playoff experience. Uh, I think. Look, I'm not sure how he would work with young guys. I'm not sure how much experience he has there. Uh, I think a lot of his experience would be helpful to uh, is more related to uh, veteran players, but you know, he may be able to help KP uh, dealing with kind of the pressures of New York. Cause he's been around New York before. So his experience could uh, relate to being in New York and also playing, uh, playing in the playoffs. Not that they're going to be in the playoffs next year, but also uh, he's played on a lot of winning. He's coached on a lot of winning teams. So, uh, he's but like I said, he's been on the more than anything else is just experience, a lot of experience. Um, and I don't think you can't teach experience. So I, what well, he's sixty years old. So I think uh, a younger coach like Fizdale, you need to have an older guy like that on the right. staff. I think it's important, and it's important that it's somebody you can trust, and it sounds like from what you read that Woodson is a guy Fizdale can trust. Right. So, And I also think you know, we, we see cases I know this is something that's not typical and as you mentioned when we know that Fizdale is young but sometimes coaches I mean they're human. They get sick. They have things come up in their with their family. They may miss a game or two. Um, you know we see Tyron Lue with health reasons have to sit out. I'm not saying all that things are going to happen to Fizdale but I'm just, the point that I'm making here is Let's just say if Fisdale is sick or something and just can't coach for a couple of games, having a guy like Woodson steps right in and and has the experience. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to lead a team. That's another small little factor why I think it makes sense. Uh, and, again, I know it's very unlikely that you, you see that, but it has happened before. And I think that that's another positive to have a guy that, you again, that you can trust and – if he had to fill in a game or two, or shoot, even if Fisdale got thrown out of a game. You know, you got a guy there, as you mentioned, Chip, with experience. It makes tons of sense. Uh, here's another thing I think that Mike Woodson just has respect from players around the league. I think he's another likable guy. Fisdale himself is a very likable guy. Several nice things said about him from superstar players. You know, LeBron has endorsed them. Uh, Dwayne Wade's endorsed them, you know, from them days in Miami. But I, I think the same thing could be said about Mike Woodson. I think he's had great relationship with his players. I mean, even as an assistant with the Clippers, and when Camelo Anthony was still part of the Knicks, you know, Woodson would say the most talented player I got the coach was Camelo Anthony. You know, he, he never seemed to burn bridges and always got along with his players pretty well. And then I think he's another likable guy. And, you know, look, I, I like what the Knicks have done this offseason so far. You know, usually we're very pessimistic we're very uh you know we're very blunt about this nick team because we're gonna keep it real we're we're not going to sugarcoat it. we're not going to be delusional we're, we're going to keep it real and you know 
say what's really with this team, but I think this offseason so far, the Knicks are doing a lot of things right. And it's a step. You know, we're, we, we have a long way to go, but for the first time in a while, I think the Knicks are making proper steps to get there. Yeah, they're, they're baby steps right now, but they're heading in the right direction. At least they turned back around from the wrong direction that they were going and seemed to be heading in the right direction. Uh, and I think one thing that continue this this little trend that we're on of doing right things in the offseason is bringing in a guy like Mike Woodson on the coaching staff. I think the Knicks should get it done. I think Fizdale needs to already go ahead make that call to him, see if he wants to be on the Knicks coaching staff, get it done. I think it would be a great addition, makes sense in a lot of ways. Um, so I would like to see Mike Woodson back in New York, part of the coaching staff. Uh, well, we're going to leave it here. We're going to wrap up this second segment. And when we come back, uh, it's an opportunity for me to talk a little bit about our owner, who I don't like. It's very obvious. Uh, and it's a little bit of a bizarre case. You know, I'm not going to say what it is yet to kind of tease you guys keep you back for the next segment uh chip i know you you told me you have something to say about it you were very excited about this um and i'm, oh, yes. I'm looking to learn something because <laughs> i don't know and yeah uh, so i'm looking to hear what you got to say about it so we'll be right back um you know as my little hint to you it does have to do with our owner so we'll get into that in just a moment after this short break Hi, everybody. This is Chip Murphy, co-host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast and boss of all New York Knicks content at EliteSportsNY.com. To follow my work, you can find me on Twitter at at Chipper Murphy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Knicks State of Mind podcast final segment. As we kind of hinted a little bit where we're going with it in this final segment, we're going to talk a little bit about James Dolan. And this is one of those like kind of bizarre, weird stories that I got to be honest, I just read headlines and not read uh, the whole articles or, you know, things like that, because I particularly just didn't really care to read the whole thing. Um, But it was just an opportunity for me to talk about Dolan again. But I'm going to give Chip the floor first. Um, The story is that Ethan Hawke, the actor, said that he's no longer a Nick fan. Uh, and it's because he stopped receiving free tickets. And he said that, you know, he was very uh, open about criticizing the Knicks, you know, went public with it, his criticism towards the team and how it was being run. And James Dolan didn't like that. And James Dolan would not allow him to have any more tickets. So Ethan Hawke said uh, that he's not, he's not a fan of the team anymore because of that. Me personally, I don't really care about Ethan Hawke being there. But Chip, you said you had something on this, and I'm kind of curious. What you you, you said, uh, Ethan Hawke? Um, you know, is he is he wrong? Did he do something? You know, tell me a little bit more. What's on your mind, Chip? Well, I used some words about Ethan Hawke that we can't use on this podcast. That's yes. I was trying to find a way to tiptoe around that. <laughs> but. Uh, Never did I think that James Dolan could possibly look like a simulator, but Ethan Hawke somehow did it. <laughs> somehow did it with his pompous Hollywood rant. I don't think he has – you said, Matt, you didn't read the transcripts right. or listen to the interview. You need to look at it because I don't think he's so out of touch with like the common man – 
and he's so rich that he doesn't even and he's talking to another rich person and Bill Simmons. He probably hasn't encountered or even spoken to someone who wasn't a millionaire in years. So he probably has no idea how out of touch he sounds. He doesn't even realize how ridiculous it is that he's complaining about the fact that a team won't give him free courtside seats anymore. He actually said, I got kicked out of the garden. You didn't get kicked out of the garden, Ethan. And then he says, they won't give me tickets anymore. They won't give him tickets anymore. First of all, they're not his tickets. Like, they were never his tickets. They're the team's tickets. And then Simmons, like, offered him a way out and said, like, you could buy tickets and go if you wanted. And, and Ethan Hawke's response was just classic. Like, he says, the point is that I'm not wanted and I don't know where I'm not wanted. Right. That doesn't like you. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, who does this guy think he is? It's a, it's again. I didn't read the whole thing, so I can see it. Kind of a diva, you know. Just I'm Ethan Hawke. I'm rich. I'm an actor. I should get tickets. I will say this though. That's how celeb celebrities get the most expensive things for free. They get so much free stuff. That's how they remain rich. So, you know, I, I get that celebrities do get kind of special treatment and, and are always in these, like, big-time events for free. I don't pay anything. I get tickets handed to them. Uh, so, in a way, I could see what you're saying, Chip, that he kind of comes across as a little diva. And, I, again, nobody really cares if Ethan Hawke is there. That's not why we're talking about it. Um, so I'm glad you kind of gave me the details on it more. For me, the reason why I wanted to talk about it, Chip, is just, once again, you know you know how we talked about it before that James Dolan has uh, banned fans from uh, the Garden because they called them names, you know, before the pettiness that uh, is with James Dolan. And my goal is to get banned from the Garden myself. I keep saying this. I want, I want James <laughs> Dolan to know who I am. And no, I think he's the biggest rich idiot on the planet. He is an idiot. You know, maybe I shouldn't ask to get this passed around because I've only been to the garden once. I would like to go one more time at least. And then everybody can tell him that I said this. Um, but, you know, I, I really do think that he's, he's just, he acts like an immature child. Like, you know how many people get criticized for things that they, you know, they do? That That's life, like... And you're gonna ban people for criticizing you and calling you names? Like you gotta grow up, dude. That that's the kind of where I went with it. And the reason why I wanted to discuss it because I again I think this shows the pettiness of James Dolan. It's not just a common guy on the street that just happened to call him a name. It, it is a celebrity, um, and, and who has been critical of the Knicks in the past. Now, the only question I have, is this kind of true? Did he really get, you know, you, you said he said he got kicked out of the garden and you, that's not the case. Did he really actually stop getting tickets because he criticized the team or is there another reason? Who knows? But to me, this is just another opportunity to talk about the pettiness of our owner. I mean, the guy has got to grow up. And it seems like it, 
you know, anybody that says anything negative about him, he's banning him from the garden. So at this point, if that's the way he's going to be, if he's going to be like that, shoot, ban me. I don't care. I rethought about it. Just ban me. I don't care. Don't let me come back to the garden. Whatever. I'll go to another city and watch him. Anyway, but that's why I wanted to talk about a chip. I just, anytime I get a chance to criticize Dolan, I want to do it. Um, so you think, Chip, this is more about Ethan Hawke than Dolan in this one. Is that correct? Yeah, I look, I think it's ridiculous that they took his tickets away over uh, just criticizing the team, but he comes off as such an entitled ass. Right. So I have, absolute, I have absolutely no sympathy for someone who's had $1,000 portside seats comped for him for like the past 10 years. Okay, I, I got no sympathy for him, especially when he came out and said, I'm no longer a Knicks fan anymore. I'm a LeBron James fan now because they took my three courtside seats away. Jesus. And he called them his seats. He said, my seats. They're not your seats. <laughs> <laughs> when you don't go to the games, the seats aren't empty. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I could certainly see your point again. I admit, didn't read it. If I would have read it, I would have probably went into it a little bit more like you did and talked about, um, you know, that this is a, a whining celebrity here. But I also like the fact that I could throw a shot at our idiotic owner. He's an idiot. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. At any chance I could do it, I'm telling you. I'm going to take that shot. Mm-hmm. He's, he's an idiot. So we'll wrap it up. Um, you know, hopefully... We can keep getting more news, and, and, and as the draft kind of goes on, we can uh, you know, start really evaluating this prospects, uh, guys that could be Knicks. Uh, you know, I know last year we had people come on. Uh, we'll be looking to do all that uh, moving forward as well. Um, you know, I was thinking, though, Chip, it would be nice to have the Knicks in the playoffs where we can continue like the show at this time of year and talk about, like, a playoff series or something, something important other than off-season news, because that's what we got. We are so like, we have a long off-season again, and it's incredibly hard to keep finding topics each day. So that's kind of why we just went with the Ethan, Ethan Hawke thing, because, you know, it's, it's, you type in the New York Knicks, and that's one of the stories that comes up right now. So it would be nice one day to have, um, you know, some meaningful conversation uh, about a playoff series. Wouldn't you agree, Chip? It would be great, but for the immediate future, I think there's going to be more stories like Ethan Hawke. <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so we'll be back next week for another episode of the Next State of Mind podcast. Thank you for listening.